Thousands of years ago, a volcano erupted at the base of the lowlands of Jalisco. Not only did this eruption forever change the soil composition of the land below, but it laid the foundation of tequila made in the valley. In the shadows of that volcano, there sits a distillery, Volcan de Mi Tierra. We're going to hear more of their story and try their brand new Reposado tequila on this episode of The Agave Social Club Podcast, hosted by me, Doug Price. Welcome to the show. My name is Doug Price. This is the Agave Social Club Podcast, where we are talking about all things tequila and other agave spirits and hearing the stories behind some great brands. I'm here today with Aubrey West. Aubrey is the brand ambassador for Volcan de Mi Tierra Tequila. Aubrey, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me on the show, Doug. I'm super excited to be here. In my mind, a brand ambassador is a super fun job where I think you always have a bottle of tequila with you going to to fun events. But I know that there's so much more than that. I know you've got a, a long history in the uh, spirit industry. You're one of three brand ambassadors for Volcan de Mi Tierra. Can you just share a little bit about what a brand ambassador is and what your role is with Volcan de Mi Tierra? Yeah, your image of me is not that far off, but (laughs) yeah, I mean, a brand ambassador, I think it's both of those things. It's it's definitely a person that's going around with um, a bottle of the brand that they're representing and talking to people about it, trying to sell people on it, whether that's restaurants, retail stores, consumers, really just promoting the brand in all aspects. But on top of that, we are educators as well. So, you know, we we educate beyond just our brand. We are there to put the word out about tequila, in my case, other brand. There's brand ambassadors for whiskey. There's brand ambassadors for beer, for every kind of spirit out there. Um, But my job is to educate on tequila, kind of talk about what its roots are, its history, why consumers should consume more of the premium level of tequila, in, in our opinion, in my opinion, and and really just be conscious of the choices that they're making when they go to the liquor store and the bottle that they choose. So along with just tequila in general, it's also my brand and pointing out my brand. So it's like when you go to the store, buy Volcan, but then, you know, also explore other ones too. So it's just, it's just education in general. So being, being a surrogate for the brand when people who started it couldn't be there. Gotcha. Okay. A very, a very cool job. So I know, <laughs> Vol- Volcan Demetira, I know that there was an, an, an older brand. Uh, the meaning, what, what does Volcan Demetira translate to? Yeah. So it means volcano of my land. So you can think of Tierra as terroir, like as far as like the term goes. Our distillery is located in Jalisco, Arenal to be Pacific. We are at the base of the volcano. And it almost looks like a hill rather than a volcano. It's a very dormant volcano. It erupted about 200,000 years ago. Seen better days. Yes, it's seen better days, but it is beautiful all the same. And so we're down there in the lowlands is where our distillery is. And when that volcano erupted, I mean, we wouldn't have the flavor profile of lowland agave if that volcano didn't erupt. So, you know, we really wanted to take, while the name existed prior to us, we really wanted to to bring back that history and let people know that it's very much a part of tequila the agaves that we really love and the flavor profile that we get from that area wouldn't be the same if that volcano didn't exist. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, I don't necessarily always think about volcanoes in Mexico. You know, we think Hawaii and other areas, but in Mexico, and, and they're very much a uh, history there of these volcanoes that, as you said, this one right right there at the, the lowlands in, in Alisco that really did impact the topography of that land and that volcanic soil that really does impart a lot of those flavors that a lot of these lowland 
keyless have. So it's great to see that, you know, you guys are embracing that history. There's a story to tell as you're sharing a volcanic Tierra and that, and that history of the volcano there. And, and hopefully it, it, it will be dormant for, for many, many years to come. Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, it, it is true. I guess you don't think of Mexico as, as being a volcanic space, but then, you know, I have to jump back into like my grade school time and think about the Pacific Rim and like, you know, the volcanoes that China. It's like, oh, it is a part of that, you know? Yes, so you, you you have to think about that. And yeah, it's not, it's not at the forefront of your mind though. I know that brand is, as we mentioned, is an, an older, it's an older name, newer brand. This, this version of Volcan Demeterra is a partnership between the Gallardo family and LVMH. And I know a lot of times when, when a larger company will will get involved uh, we start to see potentially quality decreasing as they're looking for ways to make it faster to make it cheaper this doesn't seem like it's the case here it, it seems like there's still a, a great product being made even with this partnership so what, what can you tell me about that partnership or just about the brand of Volcan Demeterra as a whole yeah you know it was really important for us as as a company so as you said the Gallardo family uh, and LVMH came together. It all happened over a dinner conversation, actually. That's how we ended up coming together or be- becoming a tequila brand. The patriarch of the Gallardo family was at a dinner party in Mexico City, where the CEO of LVMH happened to be at. And they were just both like, well, we've always wanted to do tequila, and neither of us have that. So like, let's talk about how we can do that and really make it something special, you know, like, because again, as you said, most big companies can just come in and purchase a brand that already exists and not really have to put the time and effort into it, you know, and and we really, we we built the distillery from the ground up. So that's a big, that's a big difference between us for a big company and from other, other larger companies, you know, and even that being said, we're a pretty small company. I think we still only have about 140 employees. So it's a pretty small company on the Moet Hennessy side, the L- the LV side is a little bit different, but the Moet Hennessy side is, is still a smaller company. And we really do take pride in, in the production of what we, we were doing. So that being said, we we are the joint company with the Gallardo family and really are taking to heart what the Gallardo family wanted to do because they are Mexican. They are from Mexico. It is very much part of their heritage. Um, when you look at our bottle, this sunray that's above the volcano is not only sunray coming over the volcano, it's actually part of the Gallardo family's house in Guadalajara. They have oh, wow. um, sunrays on their gates. And it was a it was like a welcoming moment because the house has been there since the 1890 revolution where, you know, they welcomed soldiers. So it was, and tequila was kind of the banned spirit by Spain at that time. So it was like yeah. this welcoming moment. So, so we really are trying to bring in heritage and tradition with it. And we didn't want to just go and purchase a brand and, and go from there. It was really creating something for us because the Gallardo family very much wanted to honor the tradition that is tequila uh, and not just commercialize it. You know, that was, that was not the intent with Vulcan. It was to take its time and really bring honor back to it for, for both of our, both of our companies, you know, or or our brand that is. No, I I love the history. I love culture. I love tradition. And it seems like the family itself, I mean, they, they want to make sure that when you are sipping this tequila, 
you're getting every sense of that culture and history and tradition that so much work goes into it. And so it's great to see that uh, LVMH has has partnered alongside of them and said, hey, we, we trust what you guys do. We're not looking to come in mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, throw in a, a giant diffuser in the distillery and, and try to make this a, as mass produced as, as we can. We, we trust what you're doing and we want to honor it and keep it, which is a, a really great thing to, to see. And I know you mentioned you guys did build the distillery. You're, you're at NAM. 1523 and there are no other tequilas coming out of that distillery which is awesome because you have control you know what's going on there uh, as we get into it before we start tasting can you talk us through what is the process of uh, starting in the agave fields going all the way through getting to that blanco and and then we'll kind of get to each expression as we go through it but i know there's a lot going on with you know, whether they're agaves from this area, from this area, whether they're being cooked in, in this way or this way, fermentation with fibers, without fibers, it, it seems like they're very intentional about how they're creating this tequila. So could you just kind of talk through that process? Yeah, yeah. And going back to our distillery and, and, and the partnership with Moat Hennessy is that they really are letting us, there are only 62 employees with Volcan. So they are really taking, letting us take the reins for that. Yeah. And yeah. so what's really great is that they helped us build the distillery. We've got the master distiller from Glenn Morangi who came out and actually helped us do the layout of the distillery. So so that's kind of where that innovation came in, but they really are allowing us to take the reins. So so that is very much to your point. And, you know, yeah, our nom, we aren't producing any other tequila and and that's something special and we don't plan on, on adding any other tequila. So, so our Blanco, it is, it is a very labor intensive process in general for tequila, right? We like we like to take it a step further and decide to blend both lowland and highland <laughs> and, and create basically two different liquids. So we treat each agave differently because a lot of brands, what they'll do, especially for their bulk, whatever, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll just harvest pinas from all over Jalisco and then just throw it into the or no diffuser, however they're cooking it, whatever their cooking process is, and just cook it all together. We are definitely treating each agave separately for our Blanco. So, you know, we we are a blend of lowland and highland. We're about a 75%. I mean, it fluctuates, obviously, depending yeah. on the harvest and the bricks levels of our piñas. Roughly, it's about 75% lowland, 25% highland is our, is our build for our Blanco. What's really special about our distillery down in the lowlands is that it's all a state agave at our lowlands. So all of our lowland is grown by us, by our humidors it's just something special for us to be able to take control of again in that process. We're doing very much traditional method on our lowlands. So it's a ordinal cook for about 32 to 48 hours, again, depending on bricks level. So we're harvesting minimum of six years, but we are doing a bricks measurement for our, okay. for our pinas. And just so anybody listening that doesn't know, bricks level is really just kind of measuring that sugar content where you like yeah. to see somewhere maybe 24 to, to 30 bricks level as to where you're seeing that sugar content for those agaves. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it just makes it right for obviously the alcohol content and and the flavor profile that we're going for. So okay, yeah. So we minimum six years measuring bricks levels for our lowlands, and then again a very traditional method. So a thirty-two to forty-eight hour in the ordinal cook, which is basically a big brick steam oven. We're steaming it from all sides, and then we're doing a tahona mash on our lowland agave. Yeah, so that's taking traditional, yeah. So. So I think that that's just definitely something to keep in mind when you're looking at our, our Blanco is that Lowlands is all traditional. Highlands is a little bit more innovative and, and more technologically savvy or more industrialized. And so 
uh, our Tahona mash for our lowlands, and then are doing we're doing an open wood fermentation tank with native yeast for our lowlands, okay. and that's for about two to three days for a fermentation. Okay. And then we're doing copper pot stills, alambic stills for and a twice distillation on our lowlands. Okay. And then they go to a stainless steel tank. What they'll meet there in that stainless steel tank is our Highland agave. So our Highland agave is a autoclave cook. So again, we're doing a bricks level measurement on our highlands and highlands tend to be a little bit higher in bricks as we're talking about in sugar content because yeah. the highlands get a lot more rainfall. They get, they're more concentrated. They're smaller pinas than your lowland pinas. Um, and we're partnering with six humidors out of the uh, highlands for our agave. And so we're doing about a six to eight hour cook out of, on our highland. And then we're doing a multi-stage crushing system. So for those of you that don't know what that is, it's just basically a a conveyor belt that you you pre-chop up the pinas once they're cooked and then run it over the conveyor belt and they're getting hit with really hot water to extract the sugar out of it. And then we're doing a stainless steel temperature controlled closed fermentation. Okay. Um, and we're using a rum yeast and a champagne yeast. So we're doing a combination yeast for our Highland fermentation. And that again is about a two to three day fermentation. And then we're doing a distillation on a stainless steel alambic still, and we're doing a twice distillation as well. And then that goes to the stainless steel tank where our lowlands are, and then they blend for about 15 days in stainless steel. And then okay. we get our beautiful Blanco in a bottle. And it's it sounds like a, a lot of steps. I mean, it, it sounds like you just created two different tequilas, which you did, yep. <laughs> and then blended them. So I would imagine, you know, from master distiller, you know, trial and error to get to that profile, again, that terroir from those regions to get that blend that that they're looking for probably was a long process of, hey, this one didn't quite work. This one did. And then to dial it in to be able to replicate it bottle after bottle is a pretty impressive thing. Yeah, we, you know, so we've been in the market for about two years. This has been an eight year labor of love. And when we started, we had a we had a different ma uh, maestra de tequilas. We had a we had a female master distiller when we started. Okay. You probably have heard of her, Ana Maria Romero Mena. Yep. Um, so she started with us, and, and she really wanted to put tequila on its head. Kind of really was what her thought process was, and it was this idea that tequila can be it is traditional and it is a spirit of Mexico. But hey, why don't we use some techniques? Let's let's see how let's see what tequila can really do. Basically, let's play yeah. with it and see what's going on. So she was the one that kind of had originally thought of this idea of, of blending the terroirs, the tierras. And so when she when she left us about, I want to say about two years ago, you know, our, our now master distiller, Tomas took over and Marcelino is now his assistant. But we as a family from the farm to the bottling line, we all taste together. We all get to kind of make a, a deciding factor on what goes into the bottle at the end of production. They take the reins when it comes to it, but we really do sample as a family. So, you know, the humidors, our, our farmers, our labelers, our bottling line, they all get to taste it. They all give their input and really work yeah. together because it's just this, this culminated effort to produce the best tequila that we that we want. So it's really just kind of trial and error with everybody's input. Yeah. No, I love, I mean, you can experiment and all staying within the lines of CRT because there are certain things, guidelines that the CRT which is the regulatory council of tequila that that they want to see happen but within those guidelines there are some things that you can take minimal ingredients you know you got agave water mm -hmm. 
and and yeast and sometimes that yeast is 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 just naturally occurring and to create so many different things so uh, i i'm excited to get into this we're going to start here with the blanco we'll we'll go ahead and get into it and then we'll kind of walk through the other ones here beautifully crisp and clear i i i smell that champagne yeast I, I, mm-hmm. I've had some other brands even on the show that use champagne yeast. And I really love that, that aroma coming off that champagne yeast, but just a real fresh. It's really fun. That's, I guess, another little, you know, nice little bit that we get to work with the Moet Hennessy family. Um, so we're using a Dom Perignon yeast. So we get some okay. really great champagne yeast to be able to use. And so it's a, it's, I think it's a very nice pungent. Yeah, you, you get it. It's nice, soft, almost like. It just adds like a nice little sweet character to it. Yeah, but that agave is very much there. Mm-hmm. Well, salute to a great Blanco. Cheers. Beautiful. There, I can drink a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, look, look there, there's there's some sweetness there. There's agave there. There's citrus, a little bit of pepper. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it's got a good finish. It, it lingers a little bit. The heat, it, it's a little on the front for me, the heat, and then it quickly goes away. But th- this is definitely something that I, I could sip. I know on, on your Instagram that there are a lot of uh, recipes that you are making. If you're not sipping this uh, just by itself, neat, uh, what, what's, a, what's a good recipe or something that you like to use with it? You know... I'm a sucker for Paloma. I'm just going to say it Um, because they're, they're they're totally, (laughs) they're totally poundable as you can, as you, as you would say, uh, as the kids say these days, right? Like, I mean, I'm in Texas, it's hot. Right. And, and, and you're in Florida. So it's, it's, it's just always hot. You know, I mean, today it's cold, but on the one day out of the, out of the year, it's cold. They're just, it's just a nice drink. And plus I just love the way that, so like when we're tasting, our Blanco, I get a little grapefruit rind. I get a little of that okay. citrus note to it. So that grapefruit in the Paloma, just I think it just complements it. And you still get to taste that peppery bite that is the tequila, you know? I think that that's the big thing for me with cocktails, especially tequila cocktails. I don't want to lose the taste of the tequila because I'm drinking the cocktail because I wanted the tequila yeah, to originally, you know? Yeah. Exactly. You know, and I feel that way about all drinks uh when i'm when i'm out and about it's like i drink i drink a rye manhattan because i want to taste the rye so when i drink a a tequila based cocktail i want to taste the tequila i want to i want to be able to have it stand out in the drink so a paloma for me is my my go-to cocktail all the time so for everyone listening everyone listening they want to make a paloma they want to make your paloma how do they do it super simple i'm a sucker for squirt (laughs) <laughs> okay. Okay. So two ounces Volcan Blanco. I do a ounce and a half of squirt soda and okay. that's it with a grapefruit rind garnish and a little tahini on top. Wow. Okay. Very, very yeah. simple. You'll drink a lot of them. I promise you, Doug. Well, it's, it sounds like it's only like three or four ounces. So you, you, you got to make it a yeah. double just to, just to fill up the glass. On just to fill one. it up. But I like to keep it nice and concentrated, you know? No, no, that's, that sounds great. No, this, this is a great Blanco. I, I, I love what they're doing. I love that they are taking two different, two different ways of doing it and, and really blending it to that. I mean, that's art because mm-hmm. you could have other groups with the same amount and blend it differently and it have a very different flavor profile. So, so this is a great Blanco. I love the art here. I love what they're doing. A really, really good Blanco. Now, just in time for Christmas, you guys literally just came out with your Reposado that, that is, yep. I mean, I mean, hot off the press, brand new Reposado. What can you tell us about it? 
Yeah, yeah. So throw everything out that I told you about the Blanco because okay. it's not the Blanco. Because, <laughs> okay. I mean, that's pretty traditional, right? A lot of people will just age their Blanco in a barrel. Yeah. So this is not the Blanco just going into American white oak barrels or your... So when we launched about two years ago, we were just Blanco and Cristalino, which we're going to talk about. Oh, oh, we're going to talk about the Cristalino. We're going to talk about Cristalino. So, so when we launched, we were only those two marks. And as you said, hot off the press, November was our launch for Reposado. And it was three years in the making. I mean, we just, one, it's barrel aging, but it, it was kind of going back to what we had originally said. It was just this technique that we were trying to figure out what worked better. What agaves did we like better? We, we already blended our Blanco with the Highland and the Lowland and that worked for us. That's what we wanted with that Blanco. That was the flavor profile we were trying to achieve. It didn't work with the Reposado or what we wanted for the Reposado. So then okay. we went back to square one basically and was like, okay, we don't like that. So now what do we do? So now we're a hundred percent Highlands. So our, okay. our Reposado is a hundred percent Highland agave. And then basically after, after we decided we wanted to do a hundred percent Highland, it was now the barrel aging techniques and what worked. So it was literally coming down to, uh, we went through a couple batches of being like just two days off. Like one day, once we were doing aging for like 125 days, the next was like 130 days. And now we are at the bottle that you have is 135 days. Okay. And so that's what we ended up deciding on. Now we didn't throw the blending completely out because you know, we are, that's, that's what we do. Um, yeah. So we did do a blending of oaks. Uh, and it is new oak on them. And it is a blend of American and French oak. Okay. Okay. So, but both equal to 135 days. So it is a, it is a four month aging for this Reposado. So, but a hundred percent Highland. And that being said, we did keep the more industrial techniques for this. So it does do okay. autoclave. What we are doing is a temperature control stainless steel tank fermentation, but we're only using rum yeast on this one. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and and color color is very golden golden yellow here. Beautiful mm -hmm. beautiful color. Don't normally see this color for a reposado. And and I've even had people say I'm pretty sure they're putting some coloring in this tequila. And that was a great opportunity for me to tell them they're not because you guys, congratulations, you are a hundred percent additive free and you are listed you. on tequila matchmakers additive free program. So there's nothing, nothing out of the ordinary happening here. This is all naturally happening. This color is those barrels for, mm -hmm. you know, four months, a lightness coming off of those barrels with those agaves. Uh, so beautiful, beautiful color there. And, and again, congratulations on being a hundred percent additive free because that is a huge deal. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. We were super excited to get that. We got that about a couple of months back. Yeah. Yeah, two months back. And yeah, you know, I, I hear the same thing. People are like, how are you getting that color? Like, yeah. how are you getting it? And it and it really is our barrels. It's our charring program. We're doing a medium, medium plus char on the barrel. It's just it, it's just the wood that we're using in, in the in the aging process. So it is still just water, agave, yeast. Like that's that's all that we're doing. And then and, and obviously on the reposado, the aging. So it's not there is no additives to it or coloring to it. So um, I think that that's, it is definitely something special because yeah, when you look at it, you can almost think that this is a younger and Yeho rather than like for color that is. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's, I, I really like the color. It does help it stand out a little bit. And I really, I really love the nose on this. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful nose. I'll show you my bottle. I, I just got it and it's, it's got some already gone from it. <laughs> 
Uh, but yeah, be- beautiful Reposado. I love Blancos and I love Reposados. So uh, I was very excited when this came out. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and give this a, a taste as, as you just took a sip. You can you can talk about what flavors you're getting from it while I take a sip of mine. Perfect. Yeah, I really like, I, I get more vanilla on the nose than I do on the mouth. I get that nice, like, instead of pepper, I mean, there's a little pepper, but I get cinnamon or like an anise. Like more of a um, okay. a spice than a a fiery spice, yep. but I like it because it is a soft alcohol. Like it's not the alcohol's there, but it's not. It's soft, and I I it's think it's soft on the front and back. Yeah, it's super subtle. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I I think it's just a nice drinkable reposado. To be quite honest, I think that you know when we when we chose to do a reposado, the idea behind it was to make sipping approachable was to make it yeah. to be in that same realm of whenever you're like wanting a beer, you get a shot of Reposado to sip on or something, you know, like it's just, and I, I think that we achieved it for sure. It's very warm. I mean, there's just, a, there's a warmth to this. I, I get almost some honey, some, yeah. you know, a little sweetness there, but mm. uh, a beautifully well done Reposado. And, you know, I, I think, so this is, I know it's out. Is it out across the country? Is it still showing up at places? Cause it is, it is fairly new. So we still are limited, limitedly distributed in the U S I think that we are now up to about 15 States okay. that, that we ship, but you can order us as long as you can get shipped you can order us on reserve bar and old town as well. They don't have Reposado just yet. We're still working on that okay. and, and our partnerships with them for that. But I know officially we are in New York, Texas, Florida, and California for sure, as far as Reposado's availability. Okay. No, be- beautiful Reposado. If you're in any of those states, uh, search it out. Uh, do you know what, what's the price point going to be on this Reposado? Well, at least for the Texas market, I can speak to. Um, okay. So bottle, you know, uh, I, I feel like we're only maybe about like a couple dollars off every now and then whenever I look at, in other states and, and their yeah. price points. But I feel like we're about the same. It's going to be at around that 54 to $55 price point. Okay. So, beautiful. and I, I believe that that's what I actually heard on a couple of Instagram accounts that had gotten some bottles, like a license to distill out of LA. They were saying it was roughly at around fifty-five in California. So it's about a fifty-five dollar price point, which I think is a steal for an additive-free premium yeah. tequila. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So we we've tasted through the blanco. We we've gotten to the brand new reposado, and and now we've got a añejo, which. Uh, this is not just a normal añejo. This is a cristalino añejo, and yep. I, I've I've said it before. I don't personally understand cristalinos. I I know the I know the market. I know who the target audience is for it. But for me, there's just something I, I lose a lot of that agave. I think it's really hard to make a cristalino and make it be additive free because most of them have uh, an an additive or a sweetener added to it. Mm-hmm. But I say all of that to say. You guys have done it, and this is enjoyable <laughs> to sip on. So, so talk to us about this Cristalino and 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 why you went the way of a Cristalino and what that is. You know, it's funny every time. Okay, so we talk about a job of an ambassador, and it's so funny because anytime I walk into a restaurant or a bar or a retail space, uh, I guess more so a bar or a restaurant, and it's funny because the minute I pull out the Cristalino, they're like, uh, uh-uh, no. No, nope. keep walking. Don't want it. Keep walking. Like, I'll try your Blanco, but I don't want to I don't want to talk about Cristalinas. And it's funny because I tell them, open your mind a little bit and just sip it. Just try it. And they always get amazed by it. So Cristalino, what is Cristalino? Cristalino is not a type of tequila, right? Because there are only five types of tequila. Yep. There's the Blanco, Reposado, Añejo, Extra Añejo, and Joven, right? Those are right. the only types. 
Crystallino is still not recognized by the CRT as a type. Everybody keeps saying that it's going to be. I don't know if it necessarily is, to be quite honest, because I I, I just don't know if the CRT is ever going to really recognize it. But a lot of brands are are very much coming out with Crystallinos. Yeah, I mean, it is it is it is so hot right now in in Mexico. Like it it is it is the Mexican consumer that is consuming Cristalino and they love it. I mean, you you have tons of brands that are doing it. Herder Ultra, Don Julio Siatente, there's there's so many, you know, there's 1800 so many people have Cristalinos out there. Yep. Ours is like a, a a 360 degree turn from all of those Cristalinos. We don't taste anything like it. We are we are nothing like it. And I almost feel like we should be put in a category on our own of a Cristalino because we aren't like any other Cristalino. So what is a Cristalino? It's the charcoal filtration or it is the removal of the color of your aged tequila. So a Cristalino can be a Reposado. It can be an Añejo. It can be an yep. Extra Añejo. It can be a blend of those things. But then you basically are removing the color. A lot of, as you said earlier, a lot of brands, what they're doing is they're doing a, they're either using an acid wash to get rid of the color. Yeah. They're not. And that's just for being cost effective, you know, it's, it's yeah. cheaper. It's the same as like a diffuser, right? It's just, a, it's just a cheaper method and you can do it in larger batches. Yeah. Yep. And then they're adding flavor back and they're doing additives to it. So I think what we, when we want, when we launched the idea was to do a Blanco and a Cristalino. And it was mainly at the behest of the Gallardo family for us to launch with a Cristalino because they are in Mexico. They live in Mexico city. They are very much a part of that. Uh, world. And as I said earlier, the Mexican consumer is in love with Cristalino. So we wanted to start there. Uh, and we also wanted to do something different than what other Cristalinos are doing. We wanted to yeah. make a sippable Cristalino, something that a tequila person could actually appreciate. And and it is hard to understand why go through all of the process of aging it to remove the color. Like, why would you do that? I I get it. But it's it's almost its own art form in my opinion it's it's yeah. it, it, there's you have to be conscious of how much you take away and how much you keep when you're making this type of tequila in my opinion you know and i think we i think we got it right so we are an añejo cristalino but we are a blend we're a blend of añejo and extra añejo so our añejo is a year in scotch barrels our Extra Añejo is three years in cognac barrels, and then we blend it, do a five-day activated charcoal filtration, and then voila, you get our Cristalino. It's just, it's beautiful. And then did I, I thought I read, is it then as, as it's blended, is it resting in French oak barrels for like- Yes, neutral French oak barrels. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. So just for, just for about like four, four more days, and that's to kind of keep retaining the color. I mean- I don't know. You can't really see it that well, but yeah. but we aren't clear. Yeah, I was we aren't say, clear like other. Yeah, I was going to say there there is a little bit of color to this, and that's because of that stabilization happening while it's being rested in those French oak barrels for uh, exactly you know, exactly. Okay. So, and I, I think that what's beautiful about our so we did it because we wanted people to have a sipping tequila if they aren't the person that sips on tequila, basically. Yeah. You know, no, on, on the nose, I get a lot of vanilla. I get a lot of vanilla here on the nose. Mm-hmm. That agave is still there, which most Cristalinos I've had, I don't get the agave at all. I, I just get a, a sweet herbal something. But I, I really enjoy this Cristalino. Yeah, I, and I'm learning as I'm uh, letting others share it or, or try it that mm-hmm. they are really enjoying. And this is something that uh, if you 
aren't as easily to to sip on a blanco. This is something that that you could you could easily sip on. Yeah, I mean it. it it's as you said earlier, there, there is a demographic for it. There is a, there is somebody that you, we are catering to when we created a Cristalino. It, it really was just at first the Mexican market, but then it was the female market. And then it was the tequila market, the, yeah. the, the tequila aficionado, the, the person that wants to try tequila, because we wanted people to realize again, it's different. It's different than anything else. I always get, whenever I taste other Cristalinos, I always get cotton candy. I don't know if you ever get cotton yeah, candy, yeah. but it's almost like this like bubble gum, almost like artificial flavor. Right. And, yeah. and I think what's really special about ours is that I get the añejo. Like I understand it's an añejo. It's supposed to be an añejo, but it's softer. It's you get dark chocolate notes, or at least I get a little bit of dark chocolate. I get a little bit of smoke. I get a little bit of orange zest and it's just a yeah. nice, it's just a nice sipping tequila, to be quite honest, and especially on a cold night. Yeah, it's very well rounded. Would you ever use this in, a, you know, Manhattan or anything? Is there any cocktails that you would use this for? Yeah, I uh, I drink this a lot in um, an old fashioned. Yeah, I could I could see that playing well there. No, this is a beautiful, beautiful Cristalino. Again, Cristalinos are, are drinks that uh, it's been hard for me to find the right one. And we have found the right one here with Volcan de Matera Cristalino. So, so very well done. Congratulations on the brand new Reposado. Excited to see that in more uh, spots around the country. I know you mentioned a little bit, a few of the states. Uh, go ahead. Uh, any social media website? I know your Instagram, you're, you're doing a lot on your Instagram and then the brand's Instagram. So, so anything that as Christmas is coming up, we, we want to, you know, a lot of times wives are, are having trouble finding things yeah. for, for their guys. Hey, some great tequila would, would make a great stocking stuffer or a gift, but how, how can we find Volcan Demi Terre? Yeah. Yeah. So please follow me at Texas Tequila Lady. Pretty simple uh, on Instagram and I'm on Facebook. I have a Facebook page as well. So it's all at Texas Tequila Lady. And I always post recipes, as Doug said, but I also have links in my Instagram for you to order online for Vulcan. But I also post different things that I like, different specials and features that I'm running with uh, with different accounts around town. So it's always fun to follow me and, and be able to keep up. And then at Vulcan Tequila, that's their, that's the official Instagram. Okay. And then otherwise, you can find us at Total Wine. We, we're at Total Wines. Uh, I already mentioned Old Town Tequila. We are also at Reserve Bar. And then please check your small little independent stores around town in California, Florida, and Texas for right now. And then we'll start we'll start branching out from there. But yeah, please, please check us out. And then online, is it Volcan.com? Is that to learn more about the tequila? What, what's the yes. website for mm-hmm. the brand? Mm-hmm. Volcan, V-O-L-C-A-N.com. Check it out to learn more about the process of beautiful photos there. Uh, just kind of going through, again, the history. This, this is beautiful art of this area of where this tequila is being made. So, Aubrey, thank you so much for sharing this tequila. Thank you for sharing the information on it. And thank you for being on the show. Thank you, Doug. Cheers. Salud. Salud. A big thanks to Aubrey West and Volcan de Mitierra. You can find Volcan at OldTownTequila.com, Total Wine, and a handful of other locations throughout the United States. Be sure to check out Volcan.com, V-O-L-C-A-N.com, to learn more about their tequila. And you can follow me on Instagram at Agave Social Club. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe to it and rate it. New episodes drop every other Wednesday, so please turn on your notification. And as always, thanks for listening.